Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living in today's world. Here is your host, Dr. Laurel Trujillo. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, where we talk about yoga in all its depth and breadth as a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, host and producer of the show. Today, we're going to be discussing an important question that most of us have probably faced. How do we decide whether to stay in a situation or when it's time to go? How do we listen to our inner wisdom? And what's the healthy and right thing to do? I'm joined today by return guest, Dr. David Richo. Dave Richo is a psychotherapist, writer, and workshop leader whose work emphasizes the benefits of mindfulness and loving kindness in personal growth and emotional well-being. He's the author of several books, including the book we're discussing today, Ready, How to Know When to Stay and When to Go. Dave was with us previously when we talked about his book, Triggers, How We Can Stop Reacting and Start Healing. You can find a link to that previous program on our website at theyogahour.com. <clears throat> Welcome back to the Yoga Hour, Dave Richo. I'm so delighted that you could join me today on the podcast. Before we dive into our dialogue about whether we should stay or go, let's begin with a moment of contemplation. Let's start by just being present, letting go of whatever happened earlier today, whatever may happen later, and just turn our attention to being here, right here and right now. Oh. Let's just bring our attention to our body in space. Whatever we're doing, we might be sitting or standing, walking or driving. Let's just pay attention to our body and particularly to the surface that are supporting, to the surfaces that are supporting our weight. And then let's turn our attention to the breath. Just noticing as we take a fully conscious breath on the next inhale and exhale. On the next inhale, feeling the cool air in the nostrils. And on the exhale, feeling the warm air flowing out. And then just staying with our breathing, just resting right here and right now. Here's something to contemplate. A quote from Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from her book, Living for the Sake of the Soul. The heart's deepest desire is a candle within us, ready to be ignited by our willingness to thrive and our decision to live a life that is true to the soul. The commitment to live a life that is worthy of us propels us on the highway of our divine calling and destiny. Risk taking the high road. Oh. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour, Dave Richo. The last time we had you on the program, 
we were discussing your book Triggers, which looks at how we can stop reacting to things that trigger our reactions and begin to respond in a calmer way. So congratulations on the new book, which will be published on May 17th, 2022. This is the book we're discussing today, Ready, How to Know When to Stay and When to Go. So what inspired you to write this book? Actually, it was the 50th anniversary of my becoming a therapist a little over two years ago. And I asked myself, what is the problem or issue that came up the most among all the clients that you've ever seen? And the answer came, staying too long in what doesn't work. And of course, we've all done that. But I thought to myself, well, that would be a good topic for a book, how to know when to go. Mm -hmm. But as I gave it some thought, I realized that it's also important to know how, also important to know when and how to stay. Mm -hmm. So it's not only how do we go when it isn't working, it's also how do we stay when it could work then yeah. the it is a relationship, a job, an affiliation to something, <clears throat> anything that has to do with um, where you are in your journey. And uh, secondly, I realized that it isn't only about tools that help you know how to go or how to stay. It's also respect for the mysterious timing of the universe. Mm. So it isn't just, oh, now I'll do this and that will help me go or help me stay. It's also, let me tune in to the wonderful synchronicities, the meaningful coincidences that relate to um, the time being right for me. Mm -hmm. And of course, this is also true in society. Uh, the time for something <clears throat> um, to happen politically or socially is also not up to us. It's when society is ready, then something can change and happen. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what most fascinated me about writing this book, The Mystery of Timing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one of the, well, actually the title of the book, Ready. So what does being ready mean? To be ready is to be equipped either to make a move or to stay in something that needs work. And the work would usually be psychological. For instance, um, addressing whatever the issues are, processing them, which means looking at the feelings associated with them, and then coming up with some type of resolution or plan. Mm -hmm. And regarding the staying too long, of course, um, 
that takes us into fear, the fear that uh, I won't be equipped, I won't be ready to go into the next chapter of my life. So it takes a certain amount of courage when the timing is right to make a move. And, and that will mean to feel that fear and do it anyway. Indeed. So I have a whole section in the book on, you know, the kind of fears that come up yeah. regarding making a, a move. So you have a chart in the book on page three that gives a summary of when we stay too long and when we don't stay long enough. So would you describe that chart and describe more about those two sort of ends of the spectrum that again, I, I kind of feel like we all may have experienced um, when we stay too long and when we don't stay long enough. Okay. By the way, I have an early copy of the book. So it's called Ready, How to Know When to Go and When to Stay. And right. it's published by Shambhala. Yeah. And I'm going to page three. So when we stay too long and what doesn't work, we are tolerating what has become intolerable. Mm -hmm. And then we doubt ourselves. That is, we lose faith in our inner resources. In other words, we no longer trust ourselves to be able to make a move. Right. And then the other half of this, when we don't stay long enough in what can work, we are not tolerating what can change for the better. Mm -hmm. Then we doubt the power of love. That is, we lose faith in how people can grow and how their relationships can be renewed and thrived. Yes. In other words, we would have to trust that change is possible within a relationship or at a job. But if you keep getting the message that no matter how much energy you put in, it still doesn't make any difference, then it's probably time to let go. Mm. And by the way, regarding timing, um, I'll just read this short section. Timing refers to timeliness, the opportune time. What is timely? That's what we mean when we say the time has come. Mm. Why we stay when it's time to go or go when it's time to stay is not entirely about choice and action. We wonder what makes us able to take action on a Monday rather than a Sunday or a Tuesday. <laughs> yes. Some inner clock tells us exactly when we're ready to go or even when to know we need to go. Okay. To hurry or to linger does not work if the timing is off. Okay. We can't jump the gun on Sunday and we can't lag until Tuesday. Everything real in life has to pass the test of time. Nothing can override it. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked how you used the example of the Goldilocks story as an example of, uh, you know, you, you say actually that it's never too late to find what is just right, as in Goldilocks. Yeah. So 
would you explain that? Why is this story a good example of timing and balance? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the balance has to be something we kind of allow to have happen. We can't make balance happen. We simply open ourselves to uh, when the time will be right. And by balance, we mean that um, we're not going to excess on one side or to deficiency on the other. So using the example of Goldilocks, um, the, the porridge is, one porridge is too hot so that's excess, too much. Right. The other bowl is too cold. So that's deficiency, not enough. So it's too much and not enough. Mm -hmm. And then what we, what we open to is something in the middle. That's the just right. Uh, it, it isn't too much and it isn't too little. That would be a good, criterion to use when you make a decision. Ask yourself, what does too much look like? What does too little look like? And how can I step into the center uh, so that it's not too much or too little? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, um... Oftentimes when we're trying to make a decision and the decisions that you're talking about mostly are the bigger decisions, you know, relationships, jobs, as you're saying, affiliated. When to retire. Yes, exactly. Um, and when there are big decisions like that, we often waver for a very long time. So what are some of the reasons, few of the reasons that make it difficult to make a decision to let go and to leave? Well, we're one. Inertia, a body in motion tends to stay in motion, a body at rest tends to stay at rest. So that happens in the human psyche also. I've been here this long, I may as well just stay here. I've been in this this long, um, why change it? So that's the first thing. And then secondly, it is the fear that uh, I won't be able to handle a change uh, or I fear change or I don't think um, I don't think I'll be able to uh, move into something new without being overwhelmed by the challenges and I won't be able to face them. Mm -hmm. So all of this is about not having enough trust in yourself. Right. Basically what my concept is when the timing is right from the universe or God, higher power, whoever you want to look at it, when that, when the timing is right, you are automatically given the graces to make a change. You are automatically given, more courage. Uh, and there's a quote by um, Goethe about that, mm -hmm. where he says, when you start off a new project, you're getting help from beyond yourself 
Right. Because the universe loves to see somebody start something new. That's right. So. Yeah, in yoga, the um, it was uh, Ramana Maharshi who said, "The winds are grace. Winds of grace are always blowing. We just need to raise our sails." <laughs> Which is that? Yeah. It's the same idea. Yes, yeah. I like that. Yeah. So then the opposite uh, pattern, uh, what are some reasons why we might leave or let go too soon, not stay? It's basically um, not trusting, once again, it's about trust. It's not trusting that there's a way to make a change. And of course, therapy is about that. Therapy is about looking at your own reality facing it, naming it, exploring the feelings that go with it, seeing how it hooks up to your childhood, and if you're still under the thumb of childhood beliefs or traumas, and then finally coming up with a, a way of resolving it all so that you can make a change and move on. And most of us fear all that because mm -hmm. it would mean becoming very vulnerable. Right. And, you know, seeing your own woundedness. Mm -hmm. uh, unless we could, you know, look through our wounds as if they were windows mm. into a new world. What mm. is this new world? It's whatever comes next for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's beautifully said, looking through our wounds as if they were windows into what might come next. That's beautiful, Dave. Thank you. So I think I'll just pause here for a moment. As a reminder, I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, host and producer of the Yoga Hour podcast. And today I'm here with Dr. Dave Richo, author of the book we're discussing today, Ready, How to Know When to Go and When to Stay. You can find out more about Dave Richo, his many books and programs at his website, DaveRicho.com, and that's DaveRicho, R-I-C-H-O.com. We will also be posting the link to Dave's website on our website at TheYogaHour.com. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us via that same website, TheYogaHour.com, where you can also sign up for our mailing list. So Dave, we've been talking about um, the primary reason that perhaps we get stuck in relationships that we should probably change being fear. And recently, uh, actually about this podcast, I had an experience of fear of change when we were told that Unity Online Radio, our, our former platform for the podcast, which we had been with for over 10 years, uh, it was uh, going out of business. And so there were many, many, um, you know, changes that were upon us. Um, when I shared this with Yogacharya O'Brien, her first uh, response was, this is an opportunity. And then pretty quickly, resources to help us with the change did come, you know, in, in support. So, and I'm already seeing the potential for, uh, for positive, you know, things that come out. So that was a change that was forced upon me. I didn't, I didn't get to choose it, but it certainly was, you know, relevant, I think, to the topic and, the, you know, definitely felt that fear of the unknown as we uh, as we you know sail forth into this new situation so you list some specific situation and ways where we can tell a situation may not be working for us 
Um, that's on page nine and 10. So would you share a few of the reasons that an intimate relationship might not be working? And then we'll also maybe talk about a friendship or a job. Okay. Um, before I respond, I just want to be sure that we realize the fear is completely normal. Mm. The fact that something new is coming along automatically brings up fear in anyone. And what we want to do is work with the fear until it changes into the other side of its coin, which is excitement. Oh, good. Something new is going to happen. This will be a wonderful challenge. And you use that word challenge and it really does fit. What is this challenge? It's like, what's going to be the next chapter in my story? Mm -hmm. Now, regarding um, some ways to know our situation is not working, uh, I'll give a couple of examples. Now I'm on page eight of the book. In an intimate relationship, the following things might be happening that tell you it's time to go. We are deadlocked in dysfunction. There's no lively energy left. There's no comfort and no challenge. Each partner has gone in a different direction. One or both of us are addicts. Mm. Our feelings and needs no longer matter to each other. Trust is gone. Sex is non-existent or rare. All is at a standstill, except ongoing resentment. In our daily round, there are more snarls than smiles. Mm. <laughs> That's a good one. And finally, we have become nothing more than roommates. Mm. Now you asked about friendship. Right. So my list for that, we no longer trust one another with our deepest feelings and revelations. Mm -hmm. Our interactions feel competitive rather than mutually nurturant. We no longer have much in common. One of us has become more of a therapist than a friend or more of a client than a friend. Mm. We have been betrayed, betrayed and the other person does not take responsibility for the break in trust. And finally, we have become content with rare or no contact. Mm, yeah. So those would be like indicators or signals that uh, this is no longer working. Right. And then how about and a so job? You want to confront that and see if there's some way of making a change. If there isn't, then it's time to move on. Right. And that and will then, bring up fear. Right. But, uh, once again, we're going to feel the fear and do it anyway. And then a job, because you have another list for a job when a job is. Uh... Oh, yeah. So finally, regarding jobs, uh, these are the criteria that tell you that it's time to go. This job has no future for me, no chance of promotion, no upside potential, only dead end work with no opportunity for advancement. The workspace is competitive rather than cooperative. 
there is a lack of equitable or respectful management. Our skill set is not being put to use. Training to upgrade our skills is lacking. In other words, we're not getting any training. We're not getting any right. better at our work. Our right. salary is not fair. We cannot trust management or peers. And we are working too hard when we no longer need to do so. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. That's burnout. Yeah, no, exactly. You keep working harder and harder and you get less and less results, but yet you keep doing it. Right. So we've talked about one of the reasons that um, that people stay is is due to fear, but it's also this question about our relationship to endurance. We mm -hmm. believe we are here to endure something that there are, I don't know, you know, benefits of us just staying rather than focusing on being happy. So can you, would you say more about that? Um, what what is people's relationship when they are just enduring pain, but it's as though we feel that we should, that we should persevere? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I'll have uh, my first answer is many of us were brought up to believe that the purpose of life is to endure whatever the painful situation is rather than be happy. Right. And we imagine that wanting to be happy is a form of selfishness. But in Buddhism, we learn that letting go of suffering is an important spiritual practice and that uh, wanting happiness for ourselves and others is something praiseworthy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, um, on that list of various uh, criteria that tell you when something isn't working, yeah. uh, I have one regarding religion. So I'd like to read the ones that go with religion because they show you how you learned to endure. Mm. Um, our religion is restrictive and inhibitory rather than liberating. Mm -hmm. The beliefs are not ones that an adult can adhere to. Mm. The morality is fear or shame based rather than integrity based. There's a lack of social consciousness. It's all about God and me. There's a contempt for science and a restriction against the full range of legitimate human choices. Like it's not okay to be gay or it's not okay to be gender different uh, or to live together before you're married. Uh, the only legitimate sexual orientation or social style is the mainstream one. The religious authorities rule and can't be questioned. Mm -hmm. And finally, their biases, the religious authorities, their biases do not reflect or support an integrity of conscience. Mm -hmm. So when you're brought up that way, then uh, you would believe that your life purpose is to endure and go with the program for safety's sake, uh, rather than uh, step out into whatever is supposed to come next. 
Right. It's hard for anybody to do, but right. it can be done. So one of the things that, that you talk about with timing is listening to our own inner wisdom. And certainly that's totally consistent with the yoga teachings. Um, and throughout your book, you offer tools and practices to help us discern that inner wisdom. And of course, meditation is one of those tools. So um, how does a regular meditation practice support us in, I would say anything really. So overcoming our fears in, uh, in uh, telling us when the time is right. Um, most of us um, become obsessed with our fears or possessed by our addictions, um, caught up in judgments, um, belief, believing the inner critic that's always telling us how wrong or shameful we are. And so what meditation does, the mindfulness style, is to become a, a witness instead of a victim. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting as the witness of everything that's going on in my head and in the world around me. And I'm, I'm eliminating or I'm peeling off the judgment, the definitions, the need to control, the fears, the compulsions, the desires, the preferences. And I'm just looking at whatever the reality is straight ahead of me uh, as it is without all the additional layers that uh, make it painful. And so when you do that, and you keep coming back to the present, instead of being bullied by the past or future or bullied by fear, you automatically access your inner wisdom. The wisdom can't come through if it's layered over with judgment, control, fear, craving, obsession, compulsion. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. But it does come through. What is this wisdom? It's an awareness of the timing of the universe mm -hmm. and an awareness of what's next for me on mm -hmm. the journey through life. Mm -hmm. It's uh, listening to that still small voice within as uh, as I think it mentions in that, it that way in the Bible. Yes. And for that reason, I find it a useful time, of course, not during meditation, because during meditation, I'm, I'm not focused on my issues. But if there's something that I'm grappling with, a question that I'm grappling with, I think it's a nice time to come to it is right at the end of meditation when I'm, you know, I have been in that witness place that you're describing. And then I find I can see more clearly. Is that something that you've experienced as well? Very much so. Yeah. Yeah, it really works. That's great. So one of the things I loved about the book, actually, is the is um, you have uh, a week of meditations, one week of meditations on going, and then another week of meditations on staying. And for each one of the uh, days of the week, you know, for example, on going, there's a quote and then some questions that people can contemplate related to that quote. 
um, I just thought this was a really, really lovely um, part of the book. And I wanted to, um, to give uh, listeners a little bit more of an experience of that. So in the going section, the quote for Friday is from Shakespeare. It's on page 88. And the quote mm -hmm. is, it is more worthy to leap, is more worthy to leap in ourselves than tarry till they push us. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great that's, quote. That's a so quote would you, from Julius Caesar. From Julius Caesar. Could you share some of the questions related to, you know, the contemplation that you offered related to this quote? And the idea, by the way, is so during this week, there's a quote for every day where you're reflecting on going, and then you're contemplating these questions and writing about them in a journal. So would you share some of those contemplation yes. questions? That'd be I'm, great. I'm glad you're pointing this out because it really is a good spiritual practice. Um, so the quote, as you mentioned, is, you know, about it, it's, it's more worthy to leap in ourselves than tarry till they push us. So don't wait till somebody forces you to make a change. Go ahead and jump in and make the change uh, on your own. And then these are the questions that you could contemplate that help you make this leap how might i be waiting for something to happen that will force me to move mm. see it's not a yes or no it's an open right, question right. how yeah. am i waiting does someone in my life have to make the first move before anything can change how did that person get into such a role like in a relationship, you know, you're waiting for the other person to make a move rather right. right. Okay. What will it take to open my inborn capacity for taking initiative? Mm -hmm. Capacity right. that we all have. Right. How can I feel compassion for myself when I hold back and at the same time ask for the grace to take the next step? Mm. So that's my combination throughout the book. That's right. We're compassionate toward ourselves for staying too long in what doesn't work. And we're always asking for the grace to take that next step. Oh, that's really beautiful. Grace is the gift dimension of life. Yeah. In other words, instead of it being just about effort, is uh, you can rely on grace. Uh, what is making me wait for permission to leave? Mm -hmm. How will I feel ashamed or guilty about making a move? Mm -hmm. How can I put those inhibitions aside? Is there a way to make a choice now rather than waiting for the courage to do so? Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to wait till I'm courageous enough, I'm never going to do it. You have to act with the fear. Right, right, indeed, indeed. In other words, we don't want the fear to stop us or push us. We just act with it. Right. And finally, may this is an affirmation. May I trust that my whole courage body, the body you work on in yoga, mm. may I trust that my whole courage body is geared to take that next step. Mm. That's really lovely. So there's really something in me that's ready to move. Right. I just have to access it. Right. And by the way, I, I'd like to, on the very next page, I have the quote from Dune, the book by Frank Herbert, and it's also a movie. 
Yeah, I do want to do that, but I also really want to also offer one of the reflections for staying. And the one that I really liked was the one okay. from Dr. Martin Luther King, which is on 135. 135. Okay, can I just read the, before sure. I go to that, can I just yeah, read sure. the affirmation? So yeah. this is the affirmation that they use on the planet that Dune is describing. Yes. When they feel fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past me, I will turn to see fear's path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Mm. In other words, you can survive your fears. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. So uh, regarding the other uh, topic, which is how do I work on things so that something can change? Right. I start with this quote from Martin Luther King. This is the very last sermon uh, he gave, and it was played at his funeral. Mm. So this is Martin Luther King speaking. Every once in a while, I think of my death, and I wonder how I will be remembered. I hope my eulogist won't mention my Nobel Prize, my education, and my other awards. I want to be remembered as one who tried to love somebody. So let him say, Martin Luther King tried to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to visit the imprisoned, to help the blind to see and the deaf to hear. I have nothing to leave you, no riches, no luxury. All I leave behind is a committed life. Jesus, I don't want to be on your right or left side because of fame, but because of love. Wow, that is so you know, powerful. You can't get better than that. Yeah. Talk about life purpose. That's it. Yeah. So, and, and then from, some of the questions. Yeah, for reflection. from that I have my questions. How do I want to be remembered? Mm. What do I value most and how do I act on it? How can love be more and more lively in my life and relationships? Do I trust my capacity to love in forgiving ways? What have my relationships taught me about love as a caring, committed connection? Am I still trying to work things out with people or have I given up? What are examples of this? How can I open myself to joy in simple things rather than make things complicated? How can I more clearly see that my work on myself and my relationships contributes to the world around me. What will I leave behind? Mm. So in your experience of working with people, um, this process of reflecting on these types of questions and then journaling about it, what, what kinds of uh, results have you seen with people who do that? Uh, very positive results uh, directly related to your level of trust in yourself. 
And I think, you know, that's what we need to give to each other when we're friends or in relationship or in therapy. It's how do I help you trust yourself so that you can either go or stay? How do I help you trust the timing of the universe? Right. Which is uh, coaching you to go or stay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do we uh, learn to hear that message? Mm-hmm. And of course it happens through mindfulness when you are no longer listening to that inner critic, no longer judging yourself. You've changed from judgment of yourself to compassion for yourself. You've changed from judging others to compassion for them. Uh, those are uh, ways of showing love to yourself and others, and they help you access the wisdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This wisdom is in the air around us. It's not just inside of us. Mm. The cover of the book uh, shows uh, two birds one is staying on the telephone wires and the other is flying away (laughs) i love that by the way life we do both sometimes we sit sometimes we go i love that image by the way of the two birds yeah yeah i do too i I really like this cover that they came up with yeah yeah so you speak, in, you speak about having an attitude of yes, to be ready and open to what needs to change. And I was inspired by the quote from Dog Hammerschold, which is on page 150. Would you read that quote for us about being ready? For all that ready? has been, thanks. For all that will be, yes. Mm. I consider that the most wonderful of all the prayers. Mm. Yes. For all that has been, thanks. And for all that will be, yes, that's beautiful. So it's gratitude and surrender to what comes next. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That certainly will equip you to go or stay. Yeah. Yeah, either one. That's so great. That's so great. Um, Well, we're almost out of time. And I know that you need to uh, move on. You have something else that's coming. So um, I... Uh, we had talked about you uh, reading the the um, affirmations that are on page 160 as uh, your words of encouragement or inspiration that you wanted to leave with our listeners. So do you want to go ahead and share those? Yes, I'd be glad to. And I do want to say thank you to you for inviting me, and I've enjoyed the interview. Yeah, thank you. And by the way, we're going to be doing a... Um, a four-week class starting tomorrow. It'll be the four weeks of May. You can come to one or four. Mm. And it's wordandlife.us. Word and life, all one word, dot US. That's where you sign up. It's a group here in Santa Barbara. Mm. And um, I'll be talking about this book. Oh, that's great. So, um, Every event or character in our story has turned out to be important, even perhaps necessary, for us to face what is happening in our lives right now. 
we affirm our trust that we will change what in our lives is ready for change. We affirm our trust that we will stay with what in our lives is ready to become better. We affirm our trust that we will be on time when the timing of the universe invites us. The time is this time, the always and already now. And you are the one saying and being yes. You are the one saying and being yes. So lovely. Thank you so much, Dave Richo. I'm going to let you, you go because I know you have a place you need to be. Um, yeah, I'm teaching I will... a poetry class, and so uh, oh, nice. I teach that once a week here in Santa Barbara. All right. Um, well, as you sign off, I will continue on for our listeners and make some announcements. Okay. All Thanks right. Again. You're welcome. You've been listening to The Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, producer and host of The Yoga Hour. My guest today has been Dave Richo, author of the book we've been discussing today, Ready, How to Know When to Go and When to Stay. You can find out more about Dave Richo, his many books and programs at his website, daverichow.com. And a link to his website will also be on our website, theyogahour.com. We'll hope, we hope that you will join us for the many online programs offered by the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment. Currently, CSE is offering daily online meditation in the mornings at 6.30 a.m., in the afternoon at 4 p.m., and on Monday evenings at 7.30 p.m. Those are all Pacific time. We also offer a Sunday satsang at 10 a.m. each week. All of the times, again, are Pacific time. Yogacharya O'Brien is currently offering a satsang series on the five elements. You can listen to the first three satsangs of the series on the elements earth, water, and fire by going to her website, ellengraceobrien.com or at csecenter.org. That is also where you'd go to learn more about our other online programs. Join us next week on the Yoga Hour when I will be joined by Reverend Paul John Roach as we talk about the unity of the world's religions. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. CSE welcomes people from all backgrounds who are seeking self and God realization, Kriya Yoga's path to awakened living in today's world. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like it, consider sharing it with a friend. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team, founder and spiritual director, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, assistant producers, Anne Hayes, Mickey Coronado, and Christine Soap. I look forward to being with you again. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Mm -hmm.